listeners. Welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofero, and produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Hey everyone, it's early June of 2020, and that means this episode is coming out in the context of the COVID-19 global pandemic, and also the recent murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, George Floyd, and the many other Black and African Americans who are the victims of racist violence, often at the hands of police. For the family and friends of those who have died, and for the larger community affected by the multi-generational legacy of systemic racism, violence, and oppression, there's so much grief today and every day. At the Dougie Center, we are thinking about the children and teens who are watching this unfold in real time and also via the media. These children and teens are often carrying their own grief, grief that gets compounded by these additional losses and the potential threats to their safety and security. While we are not experts in talking with children and teens about racist violence and oppression, we do recognize how it's impossible to disentangle grief from the racism that Black, Brown, and Indigenous children and teens face in their day-to-day lives. We cannot talk about one without acknowledging the other. Over the past few weeks, we've been posting more resources on our social media about supporting children and teens and talking about grief, grief from having someone murdered, grief from living through collective tragic events, and the grief of having a parent, sibling, friend, or other family member die. We will also continue to post other websites, organizations, and podcasts that are made for and by Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. While we have a lot of knowledge and experience around supporting grieving families, there is always so much for us to learn, especially about how the reality of racism and racist violence impacts who can access the time, space, and support to process grief, both individually and collectively. In today's episode, I'm joined by Maria Collins, Vice President of the New York Life Foundation, and we talk about three new initiatives from New York Life to support grieving children and their families. There's a new children's book, The Golden Sweater. There's a multi-platform public media project called Speaking Grief. And also the Brave of Heart Fund, which is created to provide direct monetary support to children and families of those who die while working on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Knowing that COVID-19 is disproportionately affecting communities of color, especially the Black and Latinx communities, and that these communities also face economic disparities and a lack of access to resources, the Brave of Heart Fund is a vital resource. It is available for families grieving someone who died of COVID-19 and was working or volunteering in the medical field, whether as a nurse, a doctor, custodial staff, or in any other role. Maria, thank you so much for joining me again on Grief Out Loud. This is your second appearance on our podcast, so it's, it's great to talk with you again. Thank you for having me. 
And I know we have a lot to talk about today because there's three new really exciting initiatives and projects coming out of New York Life Foundation to support grieving families and grieving children. So before we kind of delve into those details, could you start with, you know, it's the end of May 2020. How has the COVID-19 pandemic really highlighted the importance of the work that New York Life is doing to support grieving children? And, And what are you hearing from your constituents? That's a really important question. As you know, New York Life has funded childhood bereavement for over a decade. And now that COVID has happened and it's become a worldwide pandemic, we're realizing that grief needs to be talked about. And the tools and resources that New York Life has invested in over the decade are just more purposeful now than ever. Because everyone is talking about it Everyone's feeling it at different levels. And we're so happy that we do have these wonderful partners like the Dougie Center to provide these resources locally and nationally. And what are some of the the COVID-19 specific resources that you have available uh, on your website or in other platforms? So New York Life has been a partner and an investor in the bereavement space for over a decade. So we had a wealth of partners to provide resources on grief and supporting grieving children and their families. But we wanted to really step it up by asking poignant questions regarding COVID. How do you support children through a pandemic? A worldwide pandemic, which is visible to everyone. And many of our partners have talked to us, provided resources. We started a series called Ask the Expert, where we talked to a couple of people on specific tools and, and resources on how to talk to children about this pandemic, how to do self-care, if, if this is normal, what I'm feeling, because everyone's feeling anxiety and grief. And Dr. Julie Kaplow from the Trauma and Grief Center in Texas gave us great tips on how to do that. Um, Tom Demaria of the National Center for School Crisis and Bereavement provide us on, you know, what should we do for our mental health needs. Also, media intake. Many of us watch the media for hours on end because we want to make sure we know what's going on. But we had tips that says, take what you need and then leave because you can have burnout from media. Yeah, I love that because I've had to put myself on a bit of a structure lately as I found myself checking the updates, you know, every 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, three times a day, we can check sometimes four if it's the weekend. Um, So those really tangible suggestions are so helpful. And especially the like, what do I actually say? Like, what words do I use to talk to my kids? So listeners, I'll link to the Ask the Experts series that Maria was just talking about, because I just know how helpful it is to have those specific words, especially when we as adults or dealing with our own stress and worry and anxiety, it makes it even more difficult to access, you know, how do I talk to my kids uh, in a way that's going to be most helpful for them. So Maria, there's, there's like a thousand projects that the New York Life Foundation has funded and supported and, and highlighted around children's bereavement. And today I really want to talk about the three new ones that are out, which is the Brave of Heart Fund, the Golden Sweater Book for Children, and the Speaking Grief documentary and, uh, media project. So let, let's start with the Brave of Heart Fund. Tell us what is this fund? What inspired it? Like, how do people get involved and get connected? We are so proud of the Brave of Heart Fund. The fund was set up to provide financial monetary support to families who have healthcare workers, frontline workers, 
who have died from COVID. It provides financial support to those family members. Now, you probably are saying, is it only doctors and nurses? It's not. It's anyone working in a hospital setting, working on the COVID unit that has been impacted and died from COVID. Those family members are eligible. So this could be uh, custodial staff. It could be reception staff. It could be anybody who's involved in the healthcare field in some way who has had a family member die of COVID-19. Absolutely, as well as volunteers, because we know so many people are volunteering out there. We want to make sure that the volunteers that are risking their lives going into these COVID units to volunteer and, and really making a difference are also covered. So those family members are eligible as well. And if I'm right, there's two, two separate kind of fund buckets in a sense. So there's funding for like immediate resources that are needed. And then there's funding for more long-term. Can you talk a little bit about the, the distinction of those? Oh, absolutely. So yes. So the fund is set up in two buckets. The immediate response is 15K for immediate needs, like funeral costs, things like that. Then there's the long-term support, whether it's schooling, whether it's different types of support for that family, and that's up to 60K per, per family. So they can receive both. And the fund was set up in collaboration between New York Life and Cigna, the foundation, these two foundations. And New York Life has, and Cigna both donated $25 million to start the fund. Also, I have a challenge for everyone. New York Life has also donated and committed $25 million more million as a match. So every dollar that comes in, we will match that dollar up to $25 million. We would like the fund to be at minimum $100 million. So for listeners, if you're thinking, you know, this is not for me, I don't have a family member who's working in the medical field in some way, but I feel really powerless and I want to do something to help those who are, this would be an opportunity for them to donate money to the fund and the New York Life will match that dollar for dollar up to $25 million. And they can go to the um, Brave of Heart Fund website, braveofheartfund.com for more information regarding that. Maria, also I'm wondering, you know, a lot of programs fund services, they fund research, they fund projects, but this is really direct funding for families. How did New York Life Foundation come to that decision? We wanted to honor the heroes of today. And the heroes are the people that are going to work knowing that they could potentially get this unknown disease. And that is at the core of what New York Life does being the person in the community to lend a hand, support one another. This is a way for us to say, thank you, and we hear you, and we're here for you. Okay, so moving into the second initiative uh, is the Speaking Grief documentary. And listeners, you might be familiar with this because I interviewed the producer of Speaking Grief, uh, Lindsay Whistle-Fenton, back in episode 145. So Maria, we know a little bit about kind of the details of the project, but but tell us like what inspired New York Life Foundation to get involved and, and fund this multimedia project? When Penn State um, WPSU came to us regarding this um, documentary, we knew it was a story that needed to be told because it's not from one lens, it's from many lenses, different family members, different types of deaths and how do they grieve. 
And it really helps elevate the conversation around grief and grief support. No one grieves the same, but we all, unfortunately, will deal with grief as we are right now, COVID-19. We will lose our parents by death. We may lose our children by death or a friend. We need to be able to talk about it and provide that support. We know from many of our surveys that individuals that lost a parent when they were a child felt like they had no one to talk to and they didn't want to bring it up. We're hoping to make that easier for generations to come. Yeah, I had the opportunity to preview the documentary when I was preparing for my interview with Lindsay. And, you know, I've I've learned about the project and I've known about it and I've talked with Lindsay and I've talked with Megan Devine, who was also a big part of the project. And still, when I watched it, it just floored me to hear from so many individuals from all across the country dealing with so many different types of death and loss and hearing about the ways that their stories intersect and the ways that their stories are are very unique. And and then again, in that universal, that longing to be listened to, to be heard, to have a place to share about their grief and about the people that they are grieving. Yeah, I'm just so I don't, happy is a weird word to say, but yeah, I'm happy that this documentary exists in the world. And I also know like it premiered on May 5th, and then there was this whole long tour that was going to happen of showing the documentary, having conversations with people who were coming to it, and like er, that all had to shift because of COVID. 19. So what is happening in terms of the rollout? You know, we were, and, and yes, happy is, is an odd word to use when you're talking about grief, but it is a word that says, you know what, I'm happy to talk about this with you. I'm happy to be part of that conversation. And that is exactly what these screenings were supposed to do for people to come together, share, highlight that person that you loved and lost because that person never goes away. That person's always with you. And if you can share those great memories with them and have a conversation about like, you know what, today I'm not having a good day because I miss my dad or my brother. It's a great way. So unfortunately, the in-person screenings are not happening right now. And that's very disappointing. However, we are creating ways to share this. For instance, we are working with the National Alliance for Grieving Children to do a screening for all bereavement providers at their virtual conference in June and having a panel discussion with actually people that support grieving families. We're looking to work with TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, to do a screening for them and having a conversation, a virtual dialogue with them. So we are finding ways on how we can come together. Although we're physically separated, we can socially come together and share our thoughts about the documentary because it is an important subject that we wanted to tell, a story that we want to tell and share. I'm thinking about how, you know, the, the whole project is a multimedia project and where you all are really elevating the multimedia part by finding creative ways to virtually bring this to folks and, and to have those conversations and to give people a chance to reflect and connect with one another on what the, the documentary means to them. Since it aired on, on May 5th, I believe it's aired in at least a dozen cities on public television and, and listeners, you, you can check the Speaking Grief 
website to see if it's going to be airing at, uh, on your local public television station. Uh, Maria, have you heard much from folks, the reaction to the film for the people who have had a chance to see it? I've heard from a couple of folks, not a lot, and everyone says thank you, really. Thank you for investing in something that sheds a light on a topic that is so common, yet not talked about. And this gives an entree to that conversation, and we're happy to be part of that. So I'm excited. And yes, if you go to the website, you'll see air dates. And we were really excited that many PBS stations have picked it up in the last month and we'll be airing it. And we're excited that we can continue that conversation, even though we're not going to be together in person. I, I sometimes have to check myself because I work at the Dougie Center. I talk about grief and loss all the time. I'm, you know, I'm just like in that world constantly. And I forget how much it's still common for people to feel like they can't talk about it. So this documentary is a good reminder to me of how vital it is to keep creating those opportunities for conversation for folks. So another part of the Speaking Grief documentary and the like in-person rollout that was planned was also this children's book called The Golden Sweater. And that if I have it correct, you were going to hand out copies of that at the screening so people could have this, you know, tangible resource to talk with kids about grief and about loss. So tell us a little bit about the Golden Sweater, like what inspired it and how people can interact with it now since we aren't able to gather in person to collect a copy. The Golden Sweater is a really special project. New York Life has wanted to create a children's book for quite some time. And the opportunity just, just came to us last year as we were preparing to make an acknowledgement um, video for the documentary. We said, we don't wanna be like every corporate funder and do about New York Life. It really is about telling the story of a child that has lost someone. So we had the opportunity to make this 60 second video about this little boy, Kai, who could be anyone, who lost his dad and is having a hard time dealing with the fact he loved this person and the next day the person is not there. So it, it, we are actually, because it was so well received by the New York Life family, we are making a series. We're making two additional books to follow Kai during his first year. And the book is free. The video you can watch on thegoldensweater.com or goldensweater.org. It's on both. And listen to the story, or you can download the book. And if you download the book, we will donate a dollar to a children's charity, one of our partners, one of our bereavement partners, up to 175K. So another thing, listeners, super simple. You just go, you click download, and a dollar gets donated. And the, the organizations are Aluna Camp Aaron, National Alliance for Grieving Children, TAPS, Tragedy Assistant, and Comfort Zone Camps. Maria, it seemed like when you were talking about the book, it, it sparked a little bit of emotion for you. What's your personal connection to the story of Kai and, and his dad's death? As I said, I've been with New York Life um, for 20 years, and I've worked in childhood bereavement since the inception. And I am a social worker and I am a mother. So I think about how, how do you explain a loss to a child and make sure that they keep 
that memory and that person with them forever. Because one of the things when I volunteer or I visit a program, a common theme, and you probably know this, is that how I don't remember what the person sounds like, or I don't remember what the eye color or their mannerisms or what they look like, it fades. This book gives you really tangible tools on how to keep a part of that person with them, both maybe a tangible item, I won't give away the book, but it's called The Golden Sweater for a reason, <laughs> as well as inside of you. And you can find that bravery inside of you to say, although the person is no longer here, I still can love that person and keep them with me. And what I find a parallel right now is COVID. Because you're not, you might see them on the screen, you might see someone, they're not physically with you, but you can still love them and you can still connect with them. I think the book is a great thing to use as a tool to talk to your children, to talk to, and, and also help you on how to, how to approach this subject if you need to with any, any child in your life. When I first got a chance to, to see The Golden Sweater, when I downloaded it for my dollar donation, I, I mean, I was like, the story's super endearing and the illustrations are beautiful. And the thing that really stood out to me, because I read a lot of books about kids in grief, was the idea, and you mentioned this word, the idea, the concept of being brave, of inviting Kai to be brave in his life and in his grief. And that, it seems so unique and distinct from a lot of grief writing. There's like hope and healing and happy again. And what's your sense of the the choice to, to focus on that idea of how Kai can be brave in his grief? We use brave intentionally. As we discussed earlier, most people are uncomfortable with talking about loss because it, it triggers your, your own sense of loss, right? And I think Kai and his mom, him recognizing that in his mom, him recognizing that the golden sweater was something that he could keep, but he didn't have to physically keep it, shows his bravery of like, you know what, I can still be happy with my friends, but I can still have play dates, and yet I still can miss my dad. They're not mutually exclusive. And that is, is a really hard concept for most people, even myself. And to move forward to say, you know what, is bravery. To have a real conversation about grief is bravery. And we applaud all the children that go to Brave McCamp support groups, tell their friends, you know what, I miss my dad or my mom or my sibling or my best friend. That's a really hard thing to say. It's a really hard thing to say. And it's such a gift when there's people who can hear that and offer support back. And, and a part of the book is the discussion guide. So for adults out there, there are questions and topics for having a conversation with your kids. If you read the book together or they read it separately and you come back together to talk about it. And it makes me think earlier in our conversation of how helpful and vital it is to have a little bit of a script. I'm like, how do I talk to my kids about that? So uh, yeah, when you check out the book, be sure to look up the uh, discussion guide at the end, which is, it's really well done. Thank you. And we wanted to make sure that the children's book definitely is great. We also wanted to ensure that there are tools for, for caregivers to support their children. Again, 
we may not have the exact words, we may not have the vocabulary, we're trying to give them tools and they can get familiar. Because one of the suggestions is read the book first, see if it triggers you, you know, before you read it to your child. So you can prepare for that conversation. And we're just trying to be helpful. And I think that's, that's, that's what you will see with the next two books um, in Kai's journey is, is those discussion guides, because we want to make sure that you have all of the pieces to have a full um, beneficial conversation. Oh, I'm really excited to hear there's going to be two more of that. I'm just learning that now, listeners. And I, I love the book so much. And now it's like, oh, there's another episode. So stay tuned for two more. You know, Maria, as we come to the end of our conversation today, you know, when I was preparing for our time, like thinking through and, and looking through all of the different projects that New York Life Foundation has funded and supported specific to children's bereavement, like I got lost. There's just so many of them. And, and in this moment, what's the resource you most want people to know about? I think if you don't mind, I'm going to point out two. One, because it's so timely and there's so many people impacted, is our Brave of Heart Fund. Knowing that there's a financial fund for families after death of a frontline worker related to COVID to make sure that they have instant immediate support of that 15K to support funeral costs or whatever immediate costs they have is so vital. So I, I wanna make sure, because you might know someone that works in a nursing home or a hospital, some type of facility, a day facility where you're dealing with COVID patients. I wanna make sure that that financial support gets to those individuals and those families. And the second, because when we first started our conversation, we asked, like, what are you hearing? It's support of children, especially educators. So we know that educators want to support students in general. That's why they're there. But it's so hard being so far. And they don't know what's happening in their individual students' lives. So we're hearing that our grief-sensitive schools initiative, which is supporting schools to be more grief-sensitive, giving them tools and resources that are absolutely free, training, webinars, is an important vital resource. So I want to highlight the Grease Census Schools Initiative. You can go to our website, the NewYorkLifeFoundation.org website, for more information about the Grieving um, Grease Census Schools Initiative. In addition, you can also go to the Coalition to Support Grieving Students website, which is GrievingStudents.org, for more information on how to use these tools to support students as they're dealing with this unprecedented time of virtual learning, sense of loss, sense of loss, physical loss, sense of you know, emotional loss, um, routines, everything. So those are the two things that I think are extremely important. Thinking about school, like teachers, school counselors, administrators, absolutely during this time, because we're all in this weird land of trying to support kids virtually. You know, we're doing grief support groups from the Dougie Center virtually and thinking about teachers doing online learning. And then how do I attend to the emotional health of the students that I care so much about? So grateful that those resources exist for them. And listeners, I'd also point out that we, the Dougie Center has a school and community toolkit um, that I'll link to in our show notes as well. And we've created a page specifically with COVID-19 resources for parents, caregivers, teachers, school counselors, and administrators. And, and Maria, I think you're so spot on in that I did a, like I would think it was a 10-minute presentation, virtual 10-minute presentation for school counselors from California and also people tuned in from around the country. And it was about supporting kids in grief. And I think there were like over 500 people 
who tuned in for just like 10 minutes. People were so eager to know what can I do? How do I talk to my students? So yeah, I'm grateful for those resources for sure. All right, listeners, a lot of stuff's going to be in the show notes because you may be as lost as I was trying to keep track of all that New York Life Foundation is doing to support grieving children, especially now in the time of COVID-19. And Maria, I want to thank you, one, for being on the show with me today for the second time, and also just like the passion and the heart that you have for this work. I mean, you've been a tireless champion for the Dougie Center and for grieving children. Like it just shines through even talking to you from across the country over this weird zoom platform so yeah thank you for your heart oh thank no thank you it i think the dougie center they've been such a great partner and have such great resources so i'm going to give a shout out to the dougie center because i do refer a lot of people to your your resources and you know i'm fortunate to enough to work for a company that really believes in supporting the whole person. And that means not just the financial piece, it's the emotional piece of the person to ensure that we are supporting them going through, I would say the most difficult thing that they will have to deal with, losing someone by death. It's permanent and we have to get better at talking about it and providing that support. So thank you. Couldn't agree more. I'm glad we're in this work together. (laughs) So thank you again for being on the show, Maria. Thank you. And listeners out there, I thank you every time and I'll keep thanking you every time for tuning in and being part of our listening community. For those of you who've reached out to me lately, thank you. Please keep emailing me. I have a new email address, griefoutloud at Dougie.org. I'd love to hear from you of what the show means to you or if you have a topic we haven't talked about that you really are needing to get some support around. So thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us again next time.